Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. Centered in the City's platform is accessible, easily navigated, and complete. The organization of rituals by focus or timing helps offer something for whatever time or location constraints I might have, especially when I decide on the spot that Centered in the City is what I need. I frequently listen to the podcast while commuting to or from work. Wade's gentle voice and supportive guidance is welcoming, especially since I'm relatively new to meditation and a complete novice with Pilates. I most often turn to Centered in the City's meditation before I even get out of bed, starting my day with a settled and balanced mind. I'm currently focusing on building a sustainable, mindful movement practice, and Wade's ritual building plan that she walked me through made my first two weeks 100% successful. I am so fortunate to have found Wade and her work on Centered in the City. Thanks so much for sharing your experience with us, Mary. We love having you in Centered in the City. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. I am doing something a little different that I'm curious to hear what resonates with you all. I am trying out a series with my friend Kathy Onetto from Sustainable Ambition. Kathy joined us on the podcast episode 105 labeled Sustainable Ambition with Kathy Onetto and we were talking about the theme of pace because we got so lit up by this concept and exploring this definition in more detail and more freedom. So in a two-part series, we are going to explore the theme of pace. So today's episode begins with the basics, understanding what is pace? How do we define it? How do we feel it? How do we experience it? What do we notice happens with slow pace, with fast pace, with just that perfect right pace? How do we even know when it's the right pace for what we're doing? Kathy and I explore all of these questions and more in today's episode, and I hope you walk away with some insights of your own about pace. Maybe even just hold this sense of curiosity of, huh, like pace. Have I ever paid attention to pace in my life? What do I get to notice and learn about pace in myself and how I'm living life with what you pick up from what we talk about today? So let's settle in. And let's get centered. Amazing. Kathy, I'm so excited to have this juicy discussion with you today about pace. Me too. We've been planning for this, so I'm excited as well. 
we've been pacing ourselves for this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Kathy, how do you define pace? It's mm, a good question because I think di different people can think about this a little bit differently. And even I think about it on a couple of different levels. But I think that the main way that I think about pace is the level of effort or intensity of effort, if you will, you want to put in at dis different stages of your career and your life. And, you know, that part of the reason I'm taking that lens, as you know, for those listening from, from sustainable ambition, like it's focused on career and life. And so I kind of apply it in that way, but there can be a cadence as you think about kind of pacing, right? Um, along with, to me, a, like a varying effort at different times. And that can also show up in feeling differently in terms of like what we're experiencing around that pace as well. Mm, I love the word cadence that, mm. that you use in the discussion of pace. Yeah, I kind of think of pace as a rhythm and really attuned to how is there this rhythm, this pace, this energy, this vibration that's happening both inside internally as well as externally. Because I'm so sensitive to, you know, what is the pace of my mind, of my body, of my heart rate? And then also like, what is the pace of the environment I'm in, the city, the, the space, the uh, climate even. So I'm excited to to jump into this conversation with you about it. For sure. I mean, can I reflect on just one thing that came to me as well as you were saying that way that I don't know if we've talked about yet on our offline conversations around this, which is the impact of that vibration that mm. we are also putting out into the world. So what you were describing is like, there's this internal component, right? And then there's the environment that we're in that can influence that internal component. But then what we have, you know, what is almost missing is like, and what are we putting out into that environment as well, based on the pace that we're experiencing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the rhythm. Yeah. And, it, and it's where we, where do we have the awareness of just that rhythm, that cadence that is showing up in our lives. And I think being able to discern when it's skillful, when is it not skillful is, is something that we're going to dive deeper into. And I'm curious to know, you know, when you are at a slower pace and even, I guess you can find for yourself what slower pace means because your slow pace might be my fast pace. Um, when, when you're at a slower pace, like what works well for you about that? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. For me, there's definitely times when I almost need to be very intentional about slowing myself down because it uh, allows me to become more present and it actually allows me to operate and function better. So for me, for an example, um, as I was thinking about this, like it's not uncommon for me to say when I'm at a certain stage in the day that I've gone into slow-mo and I, I, it's funny yes. that I say this because I, I, it's a natural thing that I've said for years. And what happens is I really slow myself down and I kind of create space. And it's when I realize that this is when I can focus and actually get my work done and I get more into mm. a zone. And it's kind of like if I'm in the frenzy of the day, 
it's very difficult for me to kind of be present to my work. So this becomes my deep work time. And so that's when slowing down can really, really work for me. And then the other time when slowing down really works is it's just frankly taking breaks. And I think we all forget how powerful taking breaks can be to both feed like say solution finding or or even switching your energy so even me taking a break slay which this is going to sound counterintuitive like slowing down okay i'm kind of in the frenzy of a day and but i know i'm kind of getting to like i've i've maxed out on how much i can kind of almost get done in that moment or that that kind of length of work time and my energy is waning and what might happen is I realize I need to slow down and like, say, take myself out for a run finally. And it's switching my energy and it actually can then re-energize me and get me into a different pace for like kind of almost the next stage, if you will. So like sometimes those slowing down can actually then kind of help speed me up, if you will. So that those are a couple of examples where slow pace, slower pace kind of works for me. I, I'm, I'm curious, what? how about for you? I love that you just said that because there's a quote that I always come back to, go slow to go fast. And so sometimes we do need those slower reset moments to then be able to go faster, further, more impactful. It's interesting, like right before, so we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, which is typically a slow down time for me in my business and energy wise. And I noticed, I was kind of like, oh, this, this feels a little uncomfortable to slow down right now because I'm gearing up for a big podcast recording session. But I also realized, oh, okay, there's some spaciousness that can happen here. And I was not feeling motivated to sit in front of a computer and try to squeeze out more productive bites. And I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity where I'm going to grab a book and allow myself to get horizontal. It's raining right now in Seattle. like, And enjoy just the slow of the moment and slow of the day and allow it to feel spacious and full. And believe me, even though I can feel that tension of slowing down and that slower pace, I can also feel the benefit of it. And it's supporting me matching my energy, which was also kind of low and kind of like, all right, let's get the, let's get the day over with kind of the, the meat of the day over with. Um, so slowing down helps me create more creativity. It allows me to rest. You know, I'm sure like most people, you can't rest when things are speeding up. Slowing down allows that creativity. It also allows me to connect more to spirituality. I feel like in slower moments, you know, when I start my day, you know, they say that in the morning, it's natural for us humans to have a burst of cortisol in the, in the morning to kind of give us that energy to get going. And sometimes it can be counterintuitive to welcome in a meditation or something else that kind of slows us down and grounds us if we feel our natural energy is to kind of gear up and get going, you know, put our, our, our foot on the gas pedal for the day. But I notice actually the slowing down helps me to kind of ground that energy so I can feel like I can move it in an intentional way that it doesn't just become like phonetic energy that's being bursted out into 
the day. So slowing down to connect to spirituality, to connect to myself, to connect to my purpose, my higher being, that feels like a really juicy space for me. Mm. One of the things I'm noticing and what you're sharing, Wade, and I really love is this idea of working with your energy or the pace that you're feeling in the moment. And on the one hand, you started by saying like today, I'm feeling this slower pace and you're kind of like, I'm going to, these are my words, but kind of, I'm going to give into this and I'm going to allow for this spaciousness and this kind of pace mm -hmm. and energy right now. And yet you're also saying like, sometimes when is it actually good to counter that potentially? And I work with both of those things and, you know, it's not uncommon for me to actually I'm a little embarrassed by this, but there's a reality to this. I'm definitely a very big believer in following my energy. And there are times when you have to be discerning mm -hmm. around that, like, yes, lean into that. And then exactly as you're saying, sometimes when you have to fight against it, but like, it's not uncommon for me to wake up in the morning and actually be raring to go and wanting to get things done. And if I fight that, it's actually really uncomfortable and it feels actually really good to just dive in and kind of let my brain activity kind of go. And then when I start to slow mm -hmm. down, like a couple hours later, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for that break. Now I'm ready for that slow down and let me recenter now. So it's interesting because I think that one of the important things about pace and rhythm is this and you started to allude to this earlier which is are you being intentional about it are you aware of it are you can can you work with it yes it's like how can we i think this is what we're exploring with our topic around pace right it's just like how can we use pace in an intentional way to guide our efforts and our energy and a huge piece of i think you know, as everybody was working from home the last few years was that people had to learn a new rhythm of functioning. They had to learn a new rhythm of energy management because they didn't have this automatic, you know, pull of life that was saying, oh, you wake up at this hour, you commute at this hour, you catch this bus, you know, you get to the office at this hour, right? That's this kind of container. There was so much more, um, kind of bleeding of lines, right, of, of how we spend our time and, and our energy. And so it was like an opportunity for people actually to pay attention, pay attention to when, when does what pace and when does what energy support me and what I'm trying to achieve. It's so interesting. You're taking me back, Wade, to the very start of the pandemic. And I know most people wouldn't want to go back there, but sometimes I might be the rare individual that actually was like, I kind of missed the first year of the pandemic. And part of it, <laughs> my, my husband, my husband said that too. Yeah. So you're not okay, alone. You. Um, and part of the reason is that it was a slowing down for all of us. And I kind of mm -hmm. missed the cocooning and actually the level mm. of connection that happened at that time. And you know, the amount of kind of self-reflection or being able to do things kind of differently. Um, and I get why that got, got old and I, I, I can, there's something else I'm sure that will come up in the conversation that kind of relates to that. But um, it's interesting, you're absolutely right that, you know, the pandemic really did give us all, you know, both for its, its good and its challenges, right? To kind of at least become a little bit more aware of, you mm -hmm. know, this frenetic pace that this mo that the modern world puts us in, um, that we need to be paying attention to that and how it's impacting us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like with that, Kathy, like it sounded obviously for you, like the cocooning was really a 
a cozy time in the beginning of the pandemic that slowing down, it still felt meaningful and connection. Where do you notice now in life for you at this point in life where a slower pace is maybe not so pleasant or Mm -hmm. doesn't work for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll give you two examples because I've, I've been dealing with this or kind of wrestling with it a little bit. So one is actually of late because some of my days have felt a little slow or because I, 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 maybe I'm an unusual person, but I don't think this is that I'm the only one that's experiencing this. I experienced this the first year I worked from home, um, pre pandemic that just being at home every day, I start to feel stale and I, I, I don't feel great. I, I, sometimes I can feel bored or I just, I'm not on my game. And so I've been noticing that again. And I think I, what I did last time was I'm like, okay, I got to get myself out of my house mm-hmm. <laughs> at least a couple of days a week. And I got a co-working space and that really helped me. And I'm thinking of doing that again. But what I've, I've, as I've been experiencing it and feeling like, you know, I was actually talking with my acupuncturist about this, uh, this week, because we were talking about Chinese medicine and how they talk about stagnation is actually where they kind of look Mm. to kind of see where are things not flowing. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually been pretty intentional over the last couple of weeks where I'm like, okay, I need to shift my routine. Like something is not working here. And I've actually changed my morning routine to it's interesting, Wade, I actually do a combination of like, make sure I'm meditating, but also make sure I'm getting my body moving and Mm -hmm. and exercising as well to to both of those things to some degree to kind of kick kickstart my metabolism or like get my energy and rhythm kind of going in an interesting way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I really like what you're saying and it brings up this question for me, I think in a larger context of is slower pace stagnation, you know, in our culture, I really feel like we can get hooked on if things are slow then I'm not moving, right? Kind of like if we're in traffic, like if we're, if it's slow, then I'm not making enough progress or I'm not getting there fast enough. And um, it's interesting because I think looking at stagnation is a really important question of like, where is there stuck or stagnant energy in our lives? And then also like, where is there's the slower pace? And when is it, not working, you know, when it's, you know, we talked about times when it is working. And for me, I notice when it's not working, kind of similar to what you shared is I, when like, I don't, you know, being, a, owning my own business, I get to determine when I want to do most things. And so sometimes I get into like analysis paralysis if it's too slow and I get so trapped by like, what can I do? Where should I go? Where should I put my attention? and energy and the slowness and the kind of so much choice in that moment that it's not happening to me can become overwhelming and uncomfortable in that moment. And so I notice like slow can sometimes be uncomfortable because I think we're not of what, what this common belief is in our culture of it not being enough progress. Yeah, there's a lot of certainly societal norms that we are all living with that 
make slowness seem like it's bad or wrong, mm -hmm. right? And I think just the pace of um, everything today, you know, just the acceleration of the world and technology and what have you um, has, has brought that kind of forward. And as you were thinking, talking about that, Wade, it made me think of the book 4,000 Weeks uh, by Oliver Berkman and how he does talk about this idea of, you know, that, that, you know, why is, why does every moment have to be productive? Right? I mean, mm -hmm. I struggle with this too, but like you're saying, like, is slow bad? And I don't think it's bad or good. And as I think that's what we're reflecting on here is like, when does it work for us? When does it not? And I think there are absolutely times where going into a slow, if you will, period, however you define that is really powerful and really helpful and what's needed in the moment. Uh, and yet, you know, sometimes, like I were both saying, like sometimes that slowness can also not feel comfortable or um, can for me like feel stagnant and I kind of need to get myself going. But part of what you're bringing up, I hear is like these societal pressures. And I think that's where people really struggle is, is it okay for me to slow down? Yeah. Because society doesn't tell me that's okay. Right. Or, or what does slowing down even feel like in my body? Like when I used to teach Pilates a lot and we were doing the series of five in classical Pilates, which is like these certain um, abdominal exercises kind of back to back. I would watch my clients who would come to class, you know, week after week, try to do these movements so fast because they thought if they do it faster, then they'll get, they'll get it completed, you know, sooner. And, but, but the gift of Pilates is actually the slow controlled movement. You know, Pilates used to be called contrology, this movement of control. And actually we control more when we're slower. And we're using all of these little stabilizing muscles in our body versus these bigger dominant muscles that tend to get all the attention and time. And so it's just interesting of like, oh, slow actually can work and be really impactful even if it is uncomfortable or there's resistance or there's a belief that, you know, I need to work faster or harder. Yeah, but it, that makes me think about way that's a it's a really powerful analogy to play with because one of the the topics that's been coming up a lot for me and some of the training I'm doing of late is looking at complexity and we live in a very complex world and what I'm sensing from what if I like borrow it from the sense of what you're saying is like sometimes we just like in a complex world and to kind of get control in a complex world we just, we run at it, right? And we kind of apply mm. full force and we go, oh, I gotta solve this, like, and I gotta do it, I don't know, with full effort, right? And what I'm hearing you say is actually like, you know, slowing down, um, tapping into those, you know, inner powers, if you will, like these, these things that you might not realize, it's not the full force, you know, the big muscles that are going to help you. It's actually some of those, um, those softer skills say, um, just using that term, but that actually are going to be more powerful in this situation and in perhaps a complex situation and actually give you a little bit more control. Um, it's kind of interesting to just think about that. Yeah. It's interesting to, to play with and, and notice. And, you know, let's kind of 
adding in this other element, like when does fast pace work for you, Kathy? Mm. I think it works for me when I, I just, my, my life is full in those times when I'm really kind of engaged and both with my work and with life. Like, I think that it, I, I find that energizing. And so I think sometimes that faster pace, um, means a little bit like I'm in flow in some respects. And I say that and yet it's like, it's the exact opposite of what I just said earlier. So <laughs> I didn't prescript this, right? So in some respects, like when I slow down, I can get into flow, but then other times when I'm actually at a faster pace, I'm in the flow of everything that I'm doing within life. And that, that feels good to what me. What do you feel like is the difference for you there? Like what is changing in your energy or what's going on that you feel like is matching where the faster pace is helping you be in flow. It's mm, a really great prompt. I think, I think when it's um, when I'm engaging more with the world and kind of um, in that flow of the externalities from me, I think that that's when that energy and that faster pace kind of works for me. I think when I need to go internal and inside and it's a little bit more individual kind of work or what I'm needing to put attention towards, then the slowing down, I think is what helps me, helps me there. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting because I can relate to being in like, for instance, when I go back home to New York City, the fast pace of the city energizes me. I love it. It creates this pep in my step. I have this strut and this walk, and I love the people and the energy and the people watching and just all of these kind of external inputs flooding my system feel really stimulating and can enter that flow state, even though it's really fast. But yeah, when I'm working by myself, when I'm doing deeper work, that slow pace actually supports more of the like internal creativity steeping of seeds um, that have been planted. So thank you for putting some language around that because I definitely relate. Well, and it's interesting just to play with this and to kind of point out to people again, like how we function and how we operate, we, we will operate differently for different in different situations or for different tasks. And I think being aware of that and kind of noticing again, what needs what kind of energy and attention and kind of rhythm now, depending on what you're kind of standing in front of or what you're taking on next, um, is I think is helpful to just kind of to match that, right? Instead of trying to kind of come to some activity with like a kind of level of energy that may not be suiting it in the moment. Mm -hmm. When do you find fast pace like toxic or un unhelpful for you? Mm. You know, well, there are times when I definitely feel, you know, anxiety, just like other, a lot of other people. So sometimes like yes. when I get kind of wound up, you know, I, there's that manifestation, I think of anxiety and that level of energy doesn't work for me. Um, I've talked about this on the podcast several times, um, over the last year, because the other way that it doesn't work for me is frankly, when it's kind of this imposed, it feels imposed. It's not. But I mean, when other people um, are saying to me, or I should just say, like when, when 
it starts to feel hectic, right? And there's kind of this like, oh my gosh, the year's going so quickly. Oh my gosh, it's so busy. And it's like, I just start to feel a little bit over overwhelmed by that kind of like conversation. And I think yeah. it gets back to what you were talking about too, Wade, in terms of like our addiction to kind of being busy and us thinking that being busy is what it's all about. And, you know, the hustle culture or just like they're being- Badge of honor. Yeah. The status being associated with that. And so uh, there are times when for sure I can get caught up in that. Of course I'm human, but of late I've been a little resistant to that. And I, cause I recognize that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, when I get wrapped up in to a busy day when I have back to back calls or I'm facilitating a bunch in the morning and then have calls afternoon. I love it because it feels full and I'm feeling purposeful and I and I love to direct my energy and attention to what I do because I love what I do. However, there I notice that a tipping point can happen where that hectic pull of my calendar can start to make me feel that frenetic energy and I start to lose a connection to my feet. Like whenever I don't feel my feet on the ground, whenever I don't feel that sense of groundedness, I notice that the pace is too fast or my mind pace, my internal pace is too fast that I'm not connected to my body into the present moment. And that can totally throw me off. I'm just I'm wondering if this is coming up for you, Wade, because as I'm listening to us both, I had never thought about this, which may sound silly, um, but there, it just sounds like there's a, a day, a rhythm within each of our days where there's kind of like moments of faster pace versus slower pace and being attuned to kind of what's needed in that moment. And just as you said, after you've kind of like gotten, you know, when you've been in a fast pace, you get to this point in the day where you're kind of like, Ooh, I'm not feeling grounded. Like, mm -hmm. and it's almost a call to you to, Hey, time, time to slow it down and to reconnect and tune in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because when I was on my month long silent meditation retreat, we would get, wake up at five 30 in the morning. And I would say the five 30 to 1 30 timeframe went by so fast. The pace was so fast. However, the afternoon session that was from, let's say 1 30 to when I was in bed at 9 PM ish, 9, 9 30 was so slow and sometimes painfully slow. And I was, I sat with that and I was like, what is different? Is it the light? Is it the rhythm? of just the natural day? Is it cortisol in my body in the morning? Like I, it was just a lot of curiosity around when is it fast or slow? But I know sometimes people can feel like their mornings are sl a slog and then the afternoon just sips by. So I'm also just curious, like what creates that sense of pace and relationship to time in those moments? Mm. Yeah, it makes me just think about the chronotype and kind of knowing that for ourselves, like when, what are our energy levels and when is our best, you know, times of the day, right? When we're um, in those times when we're, our energy is at certain levels. And it's interesting because we both said like, it could still be, it's an interesting thing because when one talks about chronotypes or kind of like, when is your golden hours, as our friend Jenny Blake says, like, 
you know, oftentimes that's kind of when you do deep work and when you might say you're slowing down and yet your energy might be up during those times. So it's a, it's a confounding kind of thing that we're kind of talking about here a little bit. Mm -hmm. When do you notice, like kind of like the Goldilocks rule, like when is pace typically just right for you? And I know we're kind of threading this question through of, of discerning pace and our energies and what we're doing and our chronotypes and time of day. But how are you able to discern like when a pace is just right for you? I think the main thing for me around this is really how it's feeling in my body. So is it like, what is that energy level? Like, is it feeling, and maybe energy isn't quite the right word because that can get confusing with how we've been using it earlier. But for me, it really is like, how does this feel? Mm. Is this pace feeling frenetic? That doesn't feel good, you know? Is this pace feeling comforting and kind of like I'm tuning in and I'm able to slow down and like really be in a state of flow, then that feels good to me. But, or is it kind of like, ooh, it's up, you know, exciting energy and that's also feeling good. So. I, I think it, it really is this somatic kind of bodily feeling that gives me a clue as to whether or not it's feeling good. Mm. How about for you? I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, yes, definitely feeling what's pleasant, what's unpleasant, neutral in the body, I think is essential. It just gives us information. I think for me mentally, when I know that there's a fast paced kind of sprint coming or I'm in it, I feel like I can hold it and have more capacity to be with the fast pace as long as I know that there is a point of rest and recovery around the corner. So for instance, if I have a really busy week where there's a lot going on, I feel like I can be with a fast pace and kind of contain it as long as I know, okay, that, you know, weekend is coming and I have a really fun, restful, restorative weekend planned, you know, or blocked off or whatever it is. And so that ability to hold the container of it, I find really helpful. And the same goes in the inverse. Like, I feel like I can enjoy the slower pace of a weekend or spaciousness of maybe a not as busy week because then I know Wade, like enjoy the slow moment because next week is gonna be super busy. That just helps give me perspective to to be and, and juice whatever that pace moment is needed. And in this book that I've been reading called Hustle and Float by Rahav Harfush, she gave a beautiful example of you know whitewater rafting. She said that people you know, who whitewater raft, they're, they love those fast moments of going down the rapids as long as it's also balanced with those slower moments of active recovery and ease and flow. And so I think finding that pace, and I think in our society, we think like we can control the pace and sometimes we can, and sometimes it's just like we're in a river and having to see that sometimes we're in these moments of whitewater rafting. And sometimes there's also going to be these slower, more blissful, easeful moments. And how can we also 
take that internal pace of maybe slower blissful moments into the whitewater rafting moments, you know, like, I think that's where the internal external exploration of pace can be really helpful. Oh, I really love that. And part of that is, you know, you, you know, I talk about sustainable ambition this idea of like, well, if we're going to strive and stretch ourselves, then we should really be planning for, as you're saying, recovery and how we, and, and planning for how are we going to sustain ourselves? And I, I especially like what you just said, Wade, which is, that notion too of like knowing that because knowing that we're going to give ourselves some sustaining time or these slower times what i took away from that last point that you made was trusting that then as you enter those faster paced times that you have given yourself that level of resilience and built up your resilience so that you can take that on and i wonder if people went into it with that kind of mindset if they give themselves more permission to uh, take those slower times and make it okay to slow down as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I, oh God, yes. I think that's a, a lot of us, you know, how can we enjoy whatever phase or whatever pace that we're in? How can we be with it? Because I think it, the mindset can so switch to the grass is always greener, right? Oh, I wish life was, way more relaxed and calm and chill right now. Or I wish I was, you know, busier and fuller, right? We always kind of want the opposite of what we have. And so it's just like, even that practice of acceptance, as you were saying, to build a resiliency, to be with whatever is, is, is a huge foundation for this. Uh, I love that that is pointing people there because it's really like okay well then what is this time for how do i for example build up my resilience stores you know at this time or if you're in this kind of faster pace being conscientious about that and saying like okay i know i need to build in some time for me to take a break and to restore myself so that i can come back to this and have the level of intensity that it's going to require yes i think just you know, reminding ourselves that just because we're in a fast paced moment doesn't mean we have to add more to our plate in those fast paced moments, right? And I think we can tend to do that. And so how can we even in those fast paced moments, again, just, just be with it and see it as temporary. Mm, I love that. It's kind of not getting wrapped up in the, with a whirlwind and kind of adding more things in. Um, so yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Kathy, what are some of your favorite practices or maybe mindsets you hold or ways to kind of just be with pace, whether it's fast pace, slow pace, neutral pace? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that I think I do kind of instinctually in some respects um, and some that I've worked on actually. So, or maybe all of these I've actually worked on, but what, now around like there's kind of like some mindfulness things that I do and I think I've kind Love of trained it. myself over the years yes <laughs> I'm probably still I know I'm not as practiced as you are though it's not at this not a competition <laughs> I know but I think I'm definitely more aware right of how I'm feeling how things are feeling to me overall like in terms of like my world and what's going on I think I'm I practice setting intentions a lot more I know to get present too and to kind of tap in so those are some things that i've put in place i also have like 
kind of like these anxiety related kind of things that I've built up over a time. I had a period of my life where I was experiencing a lot of anxiety coming off of an experience. And I really took some time to like, what is my toolkit? Like, what is my mm -hmm. prescriptions that I can go to to help center me and calm myself down from just even the question like, I'm okay right now, or what do I want to feel instead to breathing or getting myself outside or exercising. Um, so there's those types of things. And then the final thing I'll talk about too, and partly because it came up in even our conversation as we were prepping for this is like, there's also schedule related things that I've learned to do and have as practices, be it, you know, managing my calendar. So I don't put overload my calendar with even personal and fun activities, right? And, um, or like at the beginning of the year, carving out time for me to take a creative work sabbatical like those are kind of practical schedule related things that actually um, are quite helpful for me in terms of sustaining myself over time and kind of working with pace mm. yes and you know i am a huge fan of doing what's sustainable and actually making practices fit into your life that's everything you know centered in the city is based on in, in the platform it's interesting when i came back from my month-long meditation retreat i became really adamant about starting the day making sure i was going to the day with a slower pace because even prior to my retreat and i had my morning ritual of meditation i noticed i would give myself about an hour from waking up to whatever my next appointment was and now I give myself a minimum of two hours. And it is so delightful. I mean, typically that means I'm waking up earlier, which means I'm trying to go to bed earlier, but it makes such a shift in my mood. It just allows me to feel like I can play and offer a little bit more like lightness into my day. And it, um, I don't know, it's just been very magical. And I've been very, uh, attuned to just starting off that really slow grounded pace. It's like, where am I rushing off to? And then I can kind of bring that faster pace into my flow. As you said, kind of scheduling can be a really helpful tip to manage the fast, the slow pace where I time block things. So I like to have, you know, a morning session of deeper work and kind of block that off. And then I like to have a few phone calls back to back in the afternoon. And then I'll have my coaching clients in the afternoon back to back with, you know, a little space for buffer and, and breaks. Um, and then making sure that there's time for me to walk and take that rhythm that I can feel that's even in the city, that's different from the rhythm that I feel in my house and in my personal space. So just kind of constantly playing with that and dipping into tying it back to what you shared in the beginning of this podcast episode of, you know, noticing when you're a lower pace and need to go for a run to kind of then give you a boost, a faster pace to kind of finish out the day. Kind of tapping into like, oh, is my energy really low? What do I need to, and what do I want to give myself in this moment? Because sometimes it's okay to like just soak in that low energy and low pace. And sometimes even when it feels uncomfortable, you know, to do that. And then sometimes maybe it's a wiser choice to say, hey, like I've got in the afternoon to gear up for, so let's go on a walk to kind of 
of create a shift in energy, get that faster pace in, get the blood flowing, you know, get everything kind of moving uh, to bring that energy into what's next. Yeah, what I'm taking away from that, Wade, listening to you is in bringing together a couple of different things here, because as I was listening to you, I was reflecting on the days when I was in an office and had kind of a more traditional work day where, okay, get up, get myself out of the house, get myself to the office. And what typically happens in a business work day when you kind of go from meeting to meeting and there often isn't time or sometimes you do have time to kind of sense like, where is my energy level? And oftentimes it's like, oh, I got to go get a coffee, right? right. That's the only kind of typical us. kind of engagement with like my face or energy. <laughs> exactly. And yet bringing back to what you said in terms of like the pandemic giving all of us a time to reassess because with the work world changing and hybrid work becoming much more of a reality right now, that it, it there's this opportunity to really become more discerning and to tune into how you're feeling and what your energy, um, what you're needing in the moment. And it's like, like you said, lean into the energy or do I need to kind of, you know, um, do something to kind of get my energy level up um, and it goes back to how you're even prepping for this afternoon hey am i going to lean into the slowness or i'm going to like kind of shift my energy and i've talked with clients about this too where it's kind of like yeah work with your energy kind of get a sense of like what do i need here or even being discerning of like what does my energy allow for me to kind of step into right now if you have that latitude of what you can work on or not but just to bring it back to this idea of I think what we're a lot of a theme of what we're talking about here is trying to bring awareness to people that this is something that you can play with and it's not like you you can't you don't have any control of this and what your experience is mm -hmm. and there's no right or wrong it's just i think circling back to this discernment and awareness which to me is you know the essence of why it's so important to have rituals that ground us and help us build our mindfulness muscles to have awareness of what is my need right now? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What am I doing? So that we can have that insight, that information to then make wiser choices for ourselves. And I love what you said of even, we didn't get a chance to talk about like caffeine, alcohol, sugar, different food, right? Even the fuel that we put in our bodies, how that shifts our internal and external pace. For sure, for sure. Kathy, this has been so delightful to explore. And I can't wait to talk more about pace as we kind of switch our focus on it in our next podcast episode. Sounds great, Wade. This has been wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to the Center in the City podcast. Stay tuned for next week when I release part two of our pace discussion. And who knows where we'll go. Until then, please feel free to share your feedback and thoughts with Kathy and I on Instagram at OneWade and at Sustainable Ambition. Until next time, stay safe.